Welcome to Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by the one and only Michael Cohen. We've got a lot to discuss on today's episode. Special counsel Jack Smith apparently has in his possession a recording of Donald Trump back from July of 2021, where Trump is bragging that he has classified documents about Iranian weapon systems to just two individuals who were writing an autobiography for Mark Meadows. We'll talk about that. The debt ceiling bill has passed in the House of Representatives. Actually, more Democrats voted for the debt ceiling bill than Republicans. We'll break down the reaction uh, to that. Um, House Republicans, MAGA Republicans, want to hold the FBI director, a Republican FBI director, in contempt based on not producing this record, this document, this FBI form that we're learning is part of a tranche of documents that Rudy Giuliani basically gave to the Department of Justice that was funneled from Russia. And we'll talk about that. And also Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis were both in Iowa trying to out fascist each other. Some really bizarre and deranged stuff going on there. We'll expose that here on Political Beatdown. But first and foremost, Michael Cohen at the top of the show. We always want to throw it to you. How are you doing? What is new in your world? Oh, I am just hanging in there, continuing my paperwork. You know, in July, I have my trial against Trump. So preparing for that, um, you know, continuing to deal with lots of media, uh, especially as it relates to various different recordings that have been discussed and thrown out in the media, uh, something I will not be able to, even with our brigaders, uh, cannot fully discuss other than to say um, good for Alvin Bragg for getting what needs to be done, done. Uh, spending a lot of time just um, dealing with all of these legal issues, that $500 million lawsuit. Uh, you know, we have our papers that are in, we have our request for deposition, uh, our document request to, I should say, our discovery request has been uh, now provided to uh, the judge in this case, and we're waiting for a response from the judge uh, on what the judge will deem uh, right and wrong in terms of uh, the discovery schedule that we will all have to abide by. So, you know, these are the things that I'm working on dealing with my own, you know, personal health issues as well. You know, the stress that this thing brings on is never a good thing, but you know, I got to stay healthy enough to follow through and to make sure this stuff, um, you know, sees its day that we see our accountability. Right, Brigaders? Well, absolutely right. We all want to make sure that your health is the number one <laughs> priority to us. And I'll tell you, when I see you happy on this podcast, when I see you smile, after everything that you've been through, that always brings a joy to my day. So we're all wishing you the best here. All the brigaders are all the Midas Mighty. I think on the last episode, you mentioned as part of the discovery plan in this $500 million 
frivolous lawsuit. Nonetheless, a lot of money. This federal case Donald Trump filed against you as part of the discovery plan. You asked for Donald Trump's deposition to be taken. Um, a pretty reasonable <laughs> request. That's just normally stuff that happens Very when people simple. do. And Donald Trump's lawyer said that they do not want to have Donald Trump's deposition until after the 2024 election. They want to push that out for ben, essentially more than busy. 18 months. Ma busy. The man is busy. Not, you know, it's a, not, be, it's, not busy. It's not busy. So he can do you. He's in New York. Interestingly enough, I found out he's been in New York all week. You know, uh, I think he's heading back to Florida or Ohio today or wherever it was. But he's been in New York for the last couple of days. Uh, you know, you can always tell when, um, what is it, uh, 56th Street is locked down and you have, which I got to be honest with you, it pisses the shit out of me. The fact that, you know, this guy gets to lock down a street in Manhattan. Number one, he is not the president at the moment. He's a former president. And if he wants to live in his apartment over there at Trump Tower, good for him. But to lock down the street, you know, all it does is it inconveniences New Yorkers. And to be honest with you, New Yorkers don't give a shit about him. So why should we? Nobody, no one gives a shit enough about him. Let him come and go as he wishes. Yeah, okay, he's got his secret service protection. That doesn't mean that NYPD should be round the clock watching over the building and so on. I mean, it's just bullshit, to be honest with you. You know, let him stay at Mar-a-Lardo. Let him stay at one of his other properties, you know, where you don't have to bring in NYPD with overtime and so on. It's a massive, massive expense to the city of New York for someone none of us give a shit about. You mentioned all these other properties that he could be staying at. It seems like all of his properties right now are crime scenes, right? Whether it's yeah. Mar-a-Lago, whether it's Trump Tower, whether, whether it's, it's Bedminster, whether it's Briarcliff, whether it's Don's home, whether it's Eric's home, whether it's Ivanka's home, whether it's, you know, um, uh, Trump uh, Trump in Vegas or whether it's Trump in L.A. or whether it's going to be Trump in D.C. or Virginia. Uh, I mean, any one of those properties, you may recall this, Ben. I was very quick to go on television and whether it was MSNBC first or CNN, I think it was MSNBC with Nicole Wallace um, and then Alex Witten and Rev Al. And I, I mean, I made the entire tour over there at MSNBC. And I said that the taking of the documents by Donald and the refusal to return them is not the question that you really need to be asking. All right, Salty, you may even be able to find this in a clip. It's not the question you need to be asking yourselves. The question is, why did he take it and what does he intend to do with it? Well, two years later, I mean, I can't believe it already. It's like almost two years later, it's now coming, it's coming out that Donald, not only did he show information, top secret information to other people, right? But we don't know who else he gave it to. And there's now recordings of this, which again, just goes to show you how stupid Donald is. Did we not remember when, uh, what, what, when he gave the I think it was Jared who set up the interview for the book Rage that was done by, uh, you know, um, what, what you want to call it, the journalists. Uh, and he made statements that I assure you he wishes that he never made. Well, here they take a microphone, 
right? They take their cell phone, they put it in front because this one was for yet another book. And this is the book as a memoir about Mark Meadows, which again is probably as uninspiring as the book of John Bolton. I mean, why in the world, if you're going to be talking about top secret information about the fact that they wanted to use this information and you hear papers crumbling in the background, be nice to know whether that was the top secret information about attacking Iran prior to his leaving the Oval Office, which of course would have given him the ability to stay in power as well. I mean, the whole thing, everything that Donald Trump does, you have to think, what is the nefarious purpose that this guy has? And what is it that he's trying to effectuate? Because none of it is going to be positive or good for the United States of America. It'll only be good for him. You know, the person who recorded Donald Trump also talking about this classified material and Donald Trump was telling uh, these two individuals who were ghostwriting Mark Meadows' book, he goes, I've got these documents, they're classified, and you hear him going through it on the audio recording, so I can't show it to you, but these documents right here, they talk about the Iranian weapon systems, but the person who recorded it, guess this, worked for Donald Trump. It was someone by the name of Margot Martin. She worked for Donald Trump in the White House, and she works for him um, after he left the White House. She was the one recording it. The way special counsel Jack Smith got it, it wasn't some like nefarious leak. It was part of the discovery process. She was the one who recorded it. And let me just give you this timeline of the events um, that coincide exactly what you're saying to two years ago. And you're almost right on the money. It was a little over two years ago. So on May 6, 2021, the National Archives, after Donald Trump leaves in January of 2021, they're going through their documents and they go, oh, we're missing a lot of classified records, a lot of sensitive compartmented information. So they send their first letter, their first main co communication, March 6, 2021. What happens three days later, May 9th, 2021, this video right here, Trump takes a private plane from Palm Beach to Bedminster with documents loaded onto the plane. And these document boxes, I mean, granted, all document boxes somewhat look the same, but these document boxes look awfully similar to the ones that ultimately were found by special counsel, actually by the DOJ before special counsel Jack Smith was appointed at Mar-a-Lago. So those are taken to Bedminster. This new breaking story that we learned of over the past 24 hours, that meeting between Donald Trump and the ghostwriters for Mark Meadows' autobiography, that took place just two months later in July of 2021 from when boxes are being shown on a plane being moved to Bedminster. Now, I have a few theories here, but we should never ignore the most obvious pieces of evidence that are staring us in the face. Let's remember when Tim Parlatori, now Donald Trump's former lawyer, who was the lead lawyer defending Donald Trump in connection with special counsel Jack Smith's criminal investigation into Trump's theft of these government records and obstruction of justice, when Parlatori resigned about two weeks ago, what did he do? He went on CNN and he said the reason he resigned is because Boris Epstein obstructed Parlatori's ability to conduct searches for classified material at Bedminster. So that is out there. Special Counsel Jack Smith has spoken to Parlatori. So in terms of 
what Jack Smith knows. Jack Smith probably already knows there's obstruction of justice taking place in Bedminster. So the question is then one of tactics. Do you do a search warrant the same way you did in Mar-a-Lago? And if you want to give some, you know, an, an analogy, you know, do you use the hammer or do you use a scalpel and kind of be more surgical about it? One of the things special counsel Jack Smith may have done, which is a tactic used by the FBI and the DOJ in investigations like this, is you conduct the search in one location. You have sources who are in the inside. And so as to not burn the sources, potentially they've been gathering a lot of information about what's been going on in Bedminster, whether Bedminster is the scene of existing crimes. We know about other subpoenas that have been issued, um, for example, relating to the Live Golf Tournament, the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund back golf tournament at Bedminster. So to me, there's an indication that the DOJ knows about the obstructive conduct at Bedminster. They've already asked parlatory previously before he resigned to conduct these voluntary searches. And so there, there is a tension there. And I think attention there. And I think special counsel Jackson knows what's going on there. So Ben, interestingly enough, August of 2022, almost a year ago, I was on your Midas touch program with your brothers. All right. And I actually brought up one of the, and it wasn't the first time I believe I had done it first on, um, Nicole Wallace's program, but literally a day after I was on your program with your brothers and we were talking about the documents. And I told you at that point in time that nothing that goes on at Mar-a-Lago or anywhere, Donald doesn't know about it. And he took the documents for nefarious reasons, like a get out of jail free card that he will burn down America in order to protect himself. He will use it as a get-out-of-jail-free card, and he will use it in order to make money. I mean, that's that's a year ago. I wish, and I turned around and I had said as well, one of the things that they want to do is to go to every single location. And by the way, Secret Service has a record of every single place that Donald has gone since leaving the Oval Office, since leaving the White House. It would not be difficult for them to turn around and to retrace where he went. Now, of course, it would be more difficult to figure out who was there, who he met with. Not impossible. Time consuming? Yes, but not impossible. Necessary? One fucking hundred percent. Absolutely. Do you realize that the guy is showing information? He showed top secret information to Russia regarding Israel. He has given away top secret information regarding France to other adversaries. He has, who knows what they gave to the Saudis regarding Israel in order for Jared to pull down the $2 billion plus dollars that he's getting. This is the national security, not just of the United States of America, but our allies as well. Could you imagine the embarrassment to our law enforcement, to our government, if in fact it comes out that Donald Trump gave top secret information to the Saudis regarding Israel or France or this information, I'd love to see it. Allegedly, according to Donald, you can declassify shit just by thinking it, and that's not how declassification works. We'll get into that in a second. 
but he believes you could declassify it simply by thinking it. Well, okay, fuck nut. How about this? It's declassified. Put it up on a website. Let the rest of us go ahead and see exactly what it was that you showed, whoever the hell it was that you showed regarding the attack upon Iran. I mean, do you not realize that this guy was contemplating on putting the United States at war so that he could retain power? And yet there are still people that want to support him? At some point in time, you have to turn around, throw your hands up in the air and say, enough is enough is enough. I can't take this anymore. You know, none of the crimes that he's being investigated for that were listed on the search warrant executed at Mar-a-Lago depend on the classification status. It is simply the fact that he stole records that don't belong to him and that he obstructed justice. In many ways, his entire declassification defense, which isn't a defense at all, to me makes things worse. And it's exactly your point there, Michael Cohn. If you claim that you took these records and either had an automatic standing order to declassify them or that you telepathically did it and you didn't tell the military, you didn't tell the NSA, you didn't tell people who need to protect American assets. In many ways, isn't that worse that you've now imperiled our foreign assets, you've imperiled our allies, you've placed Americans' lives in danger. And I think people are really, really recognizing this. You know, we, we were talking earlier this morning and I was stopped by somebody at the street as I was leaving um, the coffee shop and they were like, oh, you might as touch, you might as touch. The first thing they wanted to tell me about is they said, could you believe that he stole the classified records and he was talking about these Iranian weapon system? People are like, you know, I know the, the large media networks want to conflate the issue and go, oh, whatever. But this is some serious, serious stuff right here. This is what sent reality winner to prison for five years. It was one document that she took as a whistleblower. Now, one of the things that I had said that I would do is that I would discuss the declassification. I want people to fully understand this, that the president of the United States, through executive order and through his executive power, has the ability within which to declassify or classify information anytime that he wants. However, it is actually a two-step process because not only do you have to then turn around and declassify it, but you actually have to notify people that it's declassified or classified. You can't do as, you know, as Ben just said, telepathically decide what it is that's going to be classified or declassified, not respond or not tell anybody. And I've and I did this when I was on uh, both your show as well as uh, Nicole Wallace when I did my Yoda impression. Right, Donald was trying to pull some sort of a Jedi mind trick. Right, where he goes, "I declassify you, do hmm? okay? Hmm? No, wrong asshole." That's not how it works. Yeah, maybe in the movies, just it's not how it works in real life. Mm, Declassify. Mm. And it's not going to. Could you imagine when Jack Smith puts Donald up onto the stand and he will see the stand, especially in this case, and says to him, Mr. President, Mr. Former President, Mr. Trump, whatever you want to call him. Explain, sir, to me 
How did you go about declassifying these 160 documents that were marked either secret, top secret, or super top secret, right? How did you declassify any of those documents that would give you the authority as a former president to discuss them and or show them? And he's going to turn around and he's going to be what? He's going to do the Yoda, right? Say, I declassified them by thinking it. (laughs) No, no problem. It's not how it works. And then you're going to have Jack Smith explain to him, let me pull out the statute on how declassification or classification works, even as it relates to the president of the United States, who has the single broadest power provided by the Constitution provided by executive order in order to classify, declassify information. Now, it is not a, there's no question here that Donald had the authority to classify or declassify information when he was president of the United States. But you just can't think it. You just can't say it's declassified to yourself or to a select few of individuals who weren't even there, who will claim that they were, because just like this guy Palatori, or just like the other lawyer, whatever his name is, um, Attorney- Jim Trusty. <laughs> Jim Trusty. Jim Trusty, oh yeah, I, I was thinking more like um, uh, Bob DeSantis, right? You cannot expect that these people are going to be able to take the lie all the way down the road and protect you, which is exactly what he wants. And he will then turn around and he will say, yeah, I, I, told, I told my advisors, ask them, ask them. Well, it's more than that. You actually, there are, there are documents that even a president of the United States has to, you know, has to produce and has to have when you're declassifying documents. Otherwise, there is a procedure for it. And of course, Donald Trump, who doesn't either understand or choose to adhere because he's the president, he's the king, he's the monarch, he's the dictator, he's the Fuhrer, he's the supreme leader, he could do whatever the fuck he wants. That's what he thinks and what he's learning the hard way. That ain't how it works. I'll give you a quick funny story about... uh... A Yoda reference, just just super quickly, then I'll get back into it. So when I was growing up and I was probably in second or third grade and I went to camp, they gave us all Star Wars names in my in my little camp group. And they told me that I looked like Yoda. And so they called me Yoda and I loved it. And they were like, Yoda, because I had, you know, I didn't grow into my ears and I had really big eyes. And so they would call me Yoda. So then I finally watched Star Wars and I saw what Yoda looked like. And I remember the third grade me got so sad when I saw what Yoda looked like. Oh, and then, man, uh, and, we, we, and then uh, after I did my, then it goes full circle. After I did my first trial and we won, they gave me the nickname Young Jedi. So the uh, Jedi mind tricks has a personal connection with me. But going back to Donald Trump's lawyers, Tim Parlatori, the reason he resigned. Parlatori is a relatively respected lawyer and he was trying to put forward a traditional defense to a case like this and parlatory's defense was this is all a big misunderstanding this was an accident 
I think Parlatori's language in a letter he sent to Congress was, this was just spillage. The White House staff and the General Services Administration, they packed too much stuff. Yes, did Donald Trump screw it up? He did, but it just got elevated to the Department of Justice way too quickly. That was his defense. The moment Trump started saying, no, 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 I took this. I have the right to take it. All mine, mine, mine. Parlatory then resigned because Parlatory knows what's about to come. And I think we're going to see. So this Jim Trusty character, too, he actually used to work with Jack, with Jack Smith at the DOJ. They they kind of came up yes, together. But Ben, what happens, and I'm telling this to you from personal experience, anyone and everyone that works with Donald becomes corrupted. What you're you're obligated, you're obligated based upon this Again, Jedi loyalty mind trick that somehow overcomes everyone. Your goal is to protect the idiot from himself. And in so doing, you put yourself in harm's way. And Donald doesn't give a shit whether you're in harm's way or not. He will use it to his benefit because that's the goal all along in order to extricate him from his mistakes and to put it on the back of somebody else, including if that means prison time. He yeah. doesn't give a shit. And he doesn't give a shit if his kids, lawyers, his wife, his mom, his dad, he doesn't give a fuck about anyone. It's all about him. Narcissistic sociopath. Period. End of story. So what Parlatori did in that letter, if you really look at it, he's doing what lawyers do. He's parsing words. He's wordsmithing. And he's trying to figure out how to use this word in order to say that Donald didn't do what everybody's saying and everybody knows that he did. Listen, this is very, very simple. You took documents that you weren't supposed to. Okay. All you needed to do, dumbass, is return them. And for a year, they're begging this fucking orange-crusted Mandarin Mussolini to return the documents. And he says, no, they're mine. I don't have any. Well, then he turns around and they said, we know that you have. He sends back X number of boxes. Okay, great. They said, we don't believe that that's all you got. We have information that says you have more. Nope. And so he has Evan Corcoran, right? And he has this um, Christina Bob through Boris Epstein sign an affidavit stating that they searched the property, that they have done a very thorough review. And as a lawyer, this is a really, this is a serious legal obligation yep. you're taking on. And instead, he knew he had them. But let me go right back to what I said a second ago. He doesn't give a fuck. Right. So whatever happens to them, I don't care. He never thought that they would continue. Well, of course they do. They go, they get the judge to sign the the warrant. The FBI executes. Now, all of a sudden, oh, my God, they raided the home of the of the former president. They raided my my home. First of all, there's your first lie. It ain't your home, brother. It's a country club. It's a social club that people pay membership dues to belong. You, you may live there, which you're not really technically wasn't even legally allowed to. You're not allowed to spend more than 14 to 16 days there a year. But for Donald, they gave him an exception. Let him move across the street to one of his houses. Nope. Instead, what does he do? He stays there. And now he declares that property, which is paid for by all of the members, 
his home. So the fucker is living for free. Okay. Now they go, they raid it, they find the documents. Not only do they find them in the storage property at the, you know, sub-seller, but they find them in his office. And now on top of everything, well, just like what it was Bob Woodward that I was thinking of with the book Rage. This young lady puts the tape recorder down, puts the phone down for the purpose of the Mark Meadows memoir. And this asshole knows that he's being recorded, right? And decides he's going to like with Bob Woodward with, with his book. He just speaks freely. And he thinks that it makes him look powerful and smart and clever and, you know, and somewhat sinister and devious and strong. It doesn't. It makes you look stupid. And it makes you look fucking guilty, guilty for exactly what they're charging you with, that you've been saying the exact opposite, that you didn't have and you didn't show it, you didn't take it, you didn't do anything. Well, now we know once again that not only did you lie, to the law enforcement, not only did you lie to government, but so did the people around you, your lawyers and, you know, and your support staff. Well, I know about a thousand and one violation because I was convicted of that as well on my lie. My lie didn't put your ass in trouble, didn't put this country at risk. My lie was about the number of times that we spoke about the failed Trump Tower Moscow real estate project. I was asked, by him and by, you know, by uh, Jay Sekulow and Abby Lowell and Ty Cobb, who is somehow on CNN all the time now. I was asked by Ivanka and Jared and all these other people to say three because it's de minimis when the true answer was 10. All right. That's my lie. What about a lie that puts the national security of the United States of America that puts allies and, you know, at risk of not just war, but of real serious consequences. That's a real thousand and one violation and they should all be charged immediately. Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis were in Iowa talking about threatening our national security. The two of them are just so, so incredibly dangerous. And I wanna show you what took place in Iowa. Um, in this clip, Donald Trump is confronted by an Iowa voter who says that people have died because of the COVID vaccine approved during his administration from Operation Warp Speed. In other words, the conspiracies that they have spread, the dangerous conspiracies are now being used against them during these campaigns here. Play this clip. Yeah. And we have lost people because of the support of the chat. Yeah. What do you think you would do? Yeah, well, you know, everybody wanted a vaccine at that time. And I was able to do something that nobody else could have done, getting it done very, very rapidly. We'll talk about what went down in Iowa when we come back from this quick. I have a big family, and that means there's usually a lot of trash left over by the time the work week comes to an end. And frankly, I used to feel a bit guilty about this, but then I got a Lomi. Now that I have a Lomi, it's changed the way I think about my food waste. First off, Lomi transforms my garbage into gold at the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns food scraps to dirt in just under four hours. Now I love composting, plus it's made cooking at home even more fun. There's no more food rotting in my garbage and smelling up the kitchen. Thanks to Lomi, I only have to take out the trash once a week. And it's a hassle-free, mess-free experience. No more leaking bags. 
Here's something cool too. I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I feed to my plants, lawn or garden. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane gas. I get to help the environment and make my life easier. And all the food scraps, plant clippings, and even those leftovers I forgot in the back of the fridge, they go back into my garden, helping me grow more nutritious food right from the backyard. I learned that food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint. And by reducing the amount of food that I send to a landfill, I'm helping to do my part for this planet while also feeding my garden. Now, whether you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a beautiful garden, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash beat and use the promo code beat to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to lomi.com slash beat and use promo code beat at checkout. Thank you, Lomi, for sponsoring this. We are you know, back funny, live. Man. So this weekend I was out in the Hamptons. I was at a friend's home. And look, I got a Lomi, all right? I just chosen i couldn't use it here living in new york city so just to let you know i brought it to you know to her home as a present and because we're going to be out with her quite a bit and we actually tried it and i have to be honest with you it was fantastic i couldn't buy i i was somewhat skeptical to be honest but it was unbelievable and she does a lot of planting because again it's the hamptons and that's what they do we took the scraps from our barbecue our sunday barbecue and we threw it in there. You push that middle button. The thing goes through its cycle. And next thing, there was an entire bucket full of this really rich um, dirt. She was so excited. You know, she poured out all the dirt that was in the planter that she has outside. And then she actually filled it with the Lomi dirt. So, you know, thank you, Lomi. That is a great, great product. We've got to talk about what's going down in Iowa today. You've got Donald Trump and DeSantis essentially trying to out-fascist each other. Uh, completely bizarre uh, press conferences and events that each held. Um, just want to show you, I mean, like Ron DeSantis just was completely unhinged. In this clip, he was asked a question by a reporter about whether he was going to be taking more questions from people who were at the event. And just watch what Ron DeSantis says to this reporter here. Play this clip. Why not take any questions from voters, Governor, how come you're not taking questions from voters? Not no, 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 no. coming up to me, talking to me. What are you talking about? I'm not here working with people. Are you? Are you blind? What? Are you blind? I'm not blind. Okay, so people are coming up to me, talking to me, whatever they want to talk to me about. I'll show you this one more clip that I'll ask you to react to. He's like, he's like Donald, right? You know, Donald, we like to call the angry creamsicle. I mean, we have to come up with a great name for DeSantis. You know, I mean, he's just he's just a douchebag. There's no other this way is, to put it. At the same event, this is Ron DeSantis talking about ballot harvesting and that he's going to do ballot harvesting. What they all criticized everybody else for and said was part of a nefarious plan here. Watch Ron DeSantis right here in Iowa. Yes, we will. We will. So each state is different, right? So, so like in Nevada, they have they send everyone a ballot, which is bad. But we're going to do ballot harvesting. We're going to do ballot harvesting. I'm doing it. Yes. I'm not going to play fight with one hand tied behind my back. One more I got to show you, Cohen, also. This was DeSantis talking again about his main issue, which is destroying the woke 
mind virus. Here, watch the sand to say this. Play this clip. Is anybody happy to see this woke mind virus infect all these institutions and try to impose that ideology on society and even on young kids? Uh, are people happy uh, that this federal government uh, attempted to impose a biomedical security state on us under the auspices of COVID mitigation that did so much damage uh, to people? Hey, it's legitimately like crazy, but it's like it's, like, it's, it's honestly it's like Ron DeSatan versus the angry creamsicle. I mean, if you think about it, this could be a great WWE pay-per-view event. I mean, this would be better than when Trump ended up fighting McMahon. You know, I mean, this is so absolutely stupid. First of all, he's such an asshole. I mean, this as a politician, you know, I guess they're trying to out asshole one another, right? For some unknown reason, that appeals to the GOP. It appeals to the MAGA base. Why? I can't figure it out. And then anything that happens with, with Joe Biden, all of a sudden it's like, you know, oh, you know, Joe is the worst. Joe is the worst. Really? When was the last time that you saw Biden speak to anybody the way that you know, to Satan over here just spoke to the to this reporter or wiping his hands after he sneezes on the back of one of his followers. I mean, look, he, they they have issues with whatever Joe goes on in Joe Biden's life. They have issues with Kamala Harris. And so I've I mean, I've seen them turn around and yeah. be stern and say, hey, that's not a proper question for this, you know, for this uh, for today. But this is just out and outright rude. And it's almost like, let's see who could be ruder to our followers because our followers love to be abused so much that I win. And if I'm ruder to our followers, then therefore they're going to vote for me, Donald, not you. I mean, it's, it's really fucked up and backwards. Well, the whole thing is that MAGA Republicans have built this image that if you are a decent, compassionate, and intelligent person, you are now woke. You are now the enemy. So they have to uh, have people who are their leaders, who are the exact opposite of those qualities, who are not intelligent, who are evil and mean-spirited, who lack empathy totally, who are malignant narcissists. So their definition of woke, if they could even try to define it, which they can't, is generally someone who's compassionate, intelligent, who truly cares about people. And then so you've got Ron DeSantis, and they run on just being just complete fascist, just complete and utter evil people. What was very interesting, though, was at Donald Trump's conflicting event, Donald Trump was actually attacking Ron DeSantis for continuing to say woke. And Trump says, Republicans don't know what woke means. And basically, well, yeah. I don't it's like true. to use that. So it's true. What, what, they what, don't what, know. They don't know what it means. That's the problem. Here, watch this clip of Trump. It's gone sick. And I don't like the term woke because I hear woke, woke, woke. You know, it's like just a term that use half the people can't even define it. They don't know what it is. And by the way, Donald Trump in 2020, would it surprise you that he sold woke merchandise? He actually sold as part of the Trump campaign store as part of his outreach to black voters, woke hats, woke shirts, 
woke black voices for Donald Trump. I mean, it's just the, the ultimate hypocrisy. I mean, they just they don't get it. Donald, no matter how many times people have told him, it is a slang adjective word. All right, that's used to you know define you know um being better with racial prejudice and discrimination. That's what it's about. It's not about what they, oh, all of a sudden now, you know, they've, they've now pushed it into anything that they deem non-Southern white Christian coalition, they now use the term woke to define it. And that's not, the, that's not what the definition is. It's not what the term was really all about. They have, they have basically stolen this term and corrupted it for their own purpose and their own benefit. Going back to that Trump event from earlier in the day, this was the moment when Fox checked in on what was going on in this speech with Donald Trump. And here he was just spreading these dangerous lies about uh, Ashley Babbitt, who was shot and killed. She was an insurrectionist who broke through or tried to br break through uh, the door where the lawmakers were um, in hiding. She was consistently warned by the police that she was going to be shot if she broke through. She was the first person who broke through the window where the lawmakers were being hidden with a group full of people screaming, F the blue, F the blue. She was a violent insurrectionist. And so here's the lie that Donald Trump spread. And this is the moment that Fox cuts into this event. Play this clip. And then you look at what they've done to the January 6th people. They've destroyed them and destroyed their lives. And a lot of them didn't even go into the building. It was a disgrace. What's going on? That is a disgrace. That's that's going to go down in history, ultimately. And Ashley Babbitt was killed, shot by, a, in my opinion, a rogue cop. He had no business doing that. He shot her unarmed. And actually, people say she was trying to hold back the people that were pushing her forward. Uh, Ashley Babbitt was the one that was killed. She was the one that was killed. And uh, they like to say five people. That's the truth is. And there happened to be somebody else also in addition to Ashley. But Ashley Babbitt was a big supporter of everybody in this room. And, and uh, by every account, she was an incredible person and a great patriot. And he shot her like uh, just like he had no problem. And then they so completely dangerous. There are so many lies. You know, what? one of the problems that also exists, which is why, you know, we say this basically on every one of the political beatdowns. I know that Ben and the brothers, you know, talk about it on their various um, programs. I certainly talk about it on uh, Mea Culpa. You know, one of the biggest problems is that there's not a lot of straightforward unfiltered, raw conversation anymore. Everybody has to sort of watch what it is that they say, except for Donald Trump. That fucking clip. And so, I look, I didn't know. I really wanted to hold off because I know we're going to talk for a minute about maybe Marjorie Toilet Green, and she pisses me off as does so many. But Donald, for that clip, you get the two fuck yous today. All right, so congratulations. You've earned the two fuck yous because there's something seriously wrong when you could sit there in front of an audience. And I know that you're playing to the audience. You think that this is some sort of a reality show. This is real life that affects 
all of us. And Ashley Babbitt was not shot by some rogue cop. She was shot by, by a police officer that was protecting the people's house, the Capitol, because once they got through that door, they were going to be able to affect and to hurt and to harm our elected officials simply because you, you scumbag Captain Chaos, you orange-crusted Mandarin fucking Mussolini, went ahead and you told them to go there and they smashed through the fucking doors, all right? She didn't get shot outside and these people weren't just casually walking around as if this was some sort of regular tour. This was you telling them to go and to do your bidding, to hang Mike Pence, to kill Nancy Pelosi, to wreak havoc on our house in order to stop the certification of Joe Biden being president. Plain and fucking simple. Nothing more, nothing less. Now, am I upset that there was a person that was killed? Absolutely. Am I upset that Ashley Babbitt died as I am for the police officers? Yes. Should she have been there? No. Did she, right? I mean, was she armed? They were breaking through. Who knew what these people had? He was protecting the elected members of Congress from you, Donald. All right. So knock the shit off already. I mean, he's you're fucking up our country day in and day out, day in and day out. And you're playing to the worst, the worst of people's, you know, hatreds for others. This again, when I bring up the Southern White Christian Coalition, this is all about white privilege. This is all about retaining the white privilege that you and so many others in this country want. It's why this whole concept of woke is being you know, stolen and it's being abused and it's being corrupted. It is not what you think it is. And the things that you say are completely inaccurate, but not here on political beatdown. Our brigaders will not put up with your bullshit. We will not listen to you. This is raw, unfiltered, unadulterated truth on exactly what the fuck you're doing and how you're hurting us, how you're damaging our country so much greater than you could even imagine. You are fucking with the Constitution of the United States of America. You are fucking with our democracy, with our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and generations to come. You are fucking with their future and the United States of America. And I will say this again because it's worth repeating. If you have a strong America, there will be a strong world. If you have a weak America, you there will be a weak world. And a weak world will ultimately result in continued war and potentially nuclear destruction. So the fact that Donald Trump is right now leading the Republican Party, 56% of Republicans want Donald Trump to be president. I mean, what? Why? How is it possible? There's a man who has no honor. He has no humanity. There's no empathy. What are we doing? What are, what are our fellow citizens thinking when you want to put somebody like that in charge? Why don't we just ask Putin to come here and to be our leader? Why don't we ask Kim Jong-un to be our leader? Why don't we ask Mohammed bin Salman or Erdogan or any one of these other autocrats? All right. Yep. Because that's not who we are. And that's not what America's about. But here's the thing, Cohen, the MAGA Republicans, fuck you. the MAGA Republicans are asking Vladimir Putin to come in here and to lead. That is what they are doing. Make no mistake about it. The MAGA Republicans earlier this week stated that they were going to hold Christopher Ray in contempt of Congress. By the way, Christopher Ray, who is was appointed by Donald Trump 
Christopher Ray is a Republican. Christopher Ray testifies before Congress for the House of Representatives and the Senate basically once a month. This is not somebody who's dodging subpoenas at all. But the MAGA Republicans subpoenaed this one document, and the document is called an FD-1023 form, which is basically an allegation. Anybody can file an FD-1023. But this specific document, MAGA Republicans were aware of because it was part of a tranche of documents that Rudy Giuliani gave to the Department of Justice with all of this Russian propaganda to try to go after Hunter Biden. And Bill Barr, when he was attorney general, thought these documents had no credibility at all because they were funneled by a Putin ally in Ukraine, somebody who Putin recently requested and got as part of one of Putin's most significant prisoner swaps with Ukraine. The person who gave this document to Giuliani, Giuliani gives it to the DOJ under Bill Barr. The DOJ goes, this has absolutely no credibility. And the DOJ looks at this as a foreign influence operation by Putin. So what do the modern day MAGA Republicans do? They know that document exists. And all it is, is somebody who's a Putin ally from Russia, who was in Ukraine at the time, making self-serving allegations, allegations against Joe Biden. And so now the MAGA Republicans are saying, give us that document. This proves that the FBI has something on President Biden, because what they want to say is we've subpoenaed these records. And look what the FBI turned over, a, a form, a 1023 form. And they figure people won't know the difference to it, but they are relying on Putin propaganda and saying they're going to hold a Republican appointed FBI director in contempt if he doesn't turn it over. So what did Christopher Ray do? Christopher Ray said, look, I will show you these documents in a skiff, a sensitive compartmented facility that we can keep this confidential because it is a foreign influence operation. That is what is going on there with this document. It is utterly insane. And I want to show you one thing too, though, because this is where the MAGA Republicans went after the debt ceiling vote. So the debt ceiling bill passed 314 to 117. More Democrats voted for it than Republicans. But what did Kevin McCarthy have to do to save face in the modern day MAGA Republican Party because he didn't utterly destroy our country? Where did he and Marjorie Taylor Greene go? Let's support the insurrectionist. We got to talk about releasing more January 6th footage, not to everybody, but to a guy named John Solomon, who you just know, goes and shows the yeah. propaganda. That is where they go. You know, the interesting thing about the whole debt ceiling, Ben, is the fact that if it didn't pass and our country was turned upside down, who would be blamed? It would be Joe Biden. And Kamala Harris. Oh, our president and vice president are completely unfit. They couldn't even negotiate a debt ceiling. Interestingly enough, that's who they would blame. But the fact that he got it done. Oh, Sleepy Joe, once again, he's old. He can't do the job. We shouldn't be, you know, having him as the Democratic nominee, blah, blah, blah. Right. How about the fact that he got this done along with how many other things that were done, including it was bipartisan. 
Salty, throw up that number again. I want to emphasize this. It was bipartisan. 149 yays and the Republican side, 165 yays from Democrats. As far as I'm concerned, 314 to 117 is a pretty damn good number showing the bipartisanship under the Biden administration. You would not get this under the Trump administration. You will not get this under a GOP administration if you have somebody like Donald or Marjorie Toilet Green or Ron DeSantis or any of these other, you know, Cancun crews. I mean, you're not going to get any bipartisan work. So the fact that people are concerned about Joe Biden running again, oh, he's too old, somewhere along the line, great, he tripped, he fell, blah, blah. Who gives a shit? Everyone trips and falls. All of a sudden, that means he's old, that means that he can't He can't do the job. Let me tell you something, the guy is up every single day protecting America, protecting us, doing what needs to be done to ensure that the debt ceiling didn't destroy American economy, that we didn't lose another 9 million jobs, that interest rates wouldn't have gone sky high, that our country would have defaulted for the first time ever right in, in history. I mean, seriously, right? And nobody wants to, and they don't want to give him the credit for it. But again, if it didn't go through, who would take the blame? So it's supposed to work the same way. If you can take the blame, if it fails, you should take the win for the success. And ultimately, for me, President Biden doesn't view things through the prism of exactly how Trump views things. Trump goes, am I going to be blamed? Am I going to be rewarded? Biden never has that framework. He goes, what is best for the American people right now? I've got this MAGA Republican Party that is holding the nation hostage. I know that I'm going to have to make some compromises here that are going to be unpopular. However, I need to do what's best for the overall economy in a very difficult situation, and I need to navigate that. I'll show you this clip right now. This is from Lindsey Graham from earlier today, because what happens with this debt ceiling bill is now that it's passed in the House of Representatives, it gets to get go to the Senate to be passed there. And then President Biden will sign it into law before June 5th, the deadline where there would be economic catastrophe based on this manufactured crisis by Magarines. But Lindsey Graham criticizing the House Republicans for this, not offering solutions, just criticizing it. Play this clip. This budget locks in a smaller U.S. Navy at a time the Chinese Navy is growing dramatically. There's not a penny in this budget to help beat Putin. The Navy is smaller, the Army is smaller, the Marine Corps is smaller. This is not a threat-based budget. This is a budget of political compromise where people have lost sight of what the country needs. We need safety and security. To my House colleagues... I can't believe he did this to the speaker. I know you got a tough job. I like you, but the party of Ronald Reagan is dying. Don't tell me that a defense budget that's $42 billion below inflation fully funds the military. Don't tell me that we can confront and challenge China. Everybody in this body is patting themselves on the back that we see China as the most existential threat to America. You are right. We did the CHIPS Act. We're doing things to help our economy combat China. At the moment of decision, when it came to the military, this budget is a win for China. 
Please don't go home and say this is fully funded because it is not. Please stop talking about confronting China when you're dismantling the American Navy. How does this end? Senator Cotton's right. We'll be here to Tuesday until I get commitments that we're going to rectify some of these problems. I'll okay. show you first this. Of all, first of all, what's so stupid is I think, if I'm not mistaken, that they placed into the budget, it was something like $800 billion. I mean, we're, we're coming close to a trillion dollars in terms of uh, you know military defense expenses in this in this um, upcoming budget. Fuck is this idiot talking about? By the way, nothing for nothing. He's also on Putin's hit list. So congratulations. I mean, just congratulations. He doesn't know which side of his mouth to talk out of. And more important than anything right here, what ever happened to Donald Trump's space force? What happened to Captain Jean-Luc Picard and the rest of and the rest of this bullshit? Right? Space force. I mean, you know, let, let's let's get real. One of the things that as we become more and more technologically advanced, war is not going to be fought with people. It's not going to be fought with more ships, right? With more nuclear subs. It's going to be fought over the internet. You're going to be able to basically cripple someone's infrastructure with the stroke of a keyboard. I mean, that's really what it's all about. That's what we need to do. And China, as an existential threat to America, is not um, militarily. We still have more than enough, you know, uh, military might to crack this earth into 25,000 pieces if we really wanted to. That's how stupid we are as a human race, the fact that we should even have this stuff. But the real fight with China is going to be over the economy. It has nothing to do with military. Lindsey Graham is just a fucking puppet there in D.C. You know, just another member who's got, you know, trying to, you know, fill up the coffers of his campaign for his next campaign by saying this stupid shit, which somehow somewhere aligns with the form with the former president with bones, Captain Bonespur and the rest of these idiot MAGA idiots that think that it's all about guns and, you know, and ammunition. It's not. And speaking of MAGA idiots, I have to show you this one before we go. This is from earlier in the day, too. This is what Marjorie Taylor Greene was saying. And again, Marjorie Taylor Greene is not some fringe figure. Under the modern-day Republican Party, she's probably the second most powerful Republican um, in the House of Representatives today, and she may be even more powerful than Kevin McCarthy. She sits on all the major hearings because she's been appointed there, committees rather, and she's been at all the major hearings, being appointed there by Kevin McCarthy, the Oversight Committee, as well as the Homeland Security Committee. She has a lot of power over people's lives because of Kevin McCarthy. This is what she said today about January 6th and the cause of January 6th. She said, what really caused it was the FBI engaging in a honeypot operation. Play this clip. This should never happen. The federal government should never be weaponized against the people and set up honeypots and traps to draw people in and, and actually take part in making these people commit crimes and then framing the people to set up a narrative against a president it's wrong. And I believe that's what happened on January 6th. 
I believe that she's a complete yeah. and utter moron. Uh, what do you think, Owen? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go with you on that one. She's a fucking disgrace. The fact that she's able to wear that congressional pin. You really want to talk about a honeypot? You want to talk about FBI? You want to talk about Department of Justice, the weaponization of it against, you know, against America, against the U.S. citizen? Read my fucking book, you illiterate idiot, called Revenge, How Donald Trump weaponized the United States Department of Justice against his critics. All right. That's okay. All of a sudden here you have an issue. And now it's now all of a sudden it's uh, once again, it's a witch hunt. It's an attack upon Donald. I don't know what's wrong with her. Doesn't she realize he's not going to have her as his vice president either? He realizes innately. He won't say it out outwardly, but he certainly knows it. She's a fucking dope. All right. She's as stupid as anybody that's ever, ever served in this entire country. I mean, she's actually not even fit, you know, to to be a greeter at, you know, at a department store. This is no joke. And this idiot has the ability to get on television and she has the ability to ask questions of people as a member of Congress. Once again, I got to scratch my head and say, come on, folks. The fuck are we thinking? This is not somebody who should be in Congress. This is not someone that should be paid by the American people in order to advance America. This is a fucking lunatic. These should not be political issues. These should just be objective realities. And these are the types of things we talk about here on Political Beatdown. And because sunlight is the ultimate disinfectant, it's why we show you these clips and then give you the context of what the truth is with the facts that back it up and compare them to this outrageous dystopian vision of our country that MAGA wants to have. And what we talk about here, Cohen, I know it's represented by the Democratic Party today, but look, when we talk it about compassion, be, it should be the belief system of everybody, Republicans and Democrats alike. This isn't about one side versus if Marjorie Taylor Greene is one is pro-life. I'm OK with that. I'm okay if that's who you are, that's what you believe, you know, it's your theocracy, you knock yourself out. But if that's the case, well, run your life the way you want to run your life. Don't impose your will on others. But this, this just pulls garbage, you know, right out of it. She's pulling it right out of her ass and they make up shit in order to justify even stupider shit. So I just don't understand how anything is getting done by this GOP. Fortunately, we have adults in the room in the Democratic Party. Fortunately, the Democrats control the Senate, which means that uh, important judicial appointments are taking place. Fortunately, we have an intelligent, compassionate person in the White House who I don't always agree with. Michael Cohen doesn't Neither always do agree with President Biden, but I know that he's got our best interests at heart and is trying to solve problems. And I look forward to, I truly hope for a day where there could be a normal other political major party where there could be constructive debates and we can find the best ideas that will advance the interest of our country. But right now, the way I view the Democratic Party is more of a pro-democracy coalition made up of liberals, progressives, independents, people not affiliated with political parties, and people who truly espouse 
actual conservative beliefs and not these kind of perverted, mutated conservative beliefs where we can all have conversations. We can try to find the best issues. We can disagree with each other respectfully. We can have, you know, serious debate on issues, but ultimately we care about our democracy. We care about compassion, intelligence, and we can have these conversations in a very thoughtful way. And that is what we try to bring each and every episode here on Political Beatdown. And it's why I'm so honored to be a part of the Political Beatdown Brigade because I know we've got the best community. And that's what this is. This isn't just some top-down network. This is a community. And Michael Cohen and myself are so grateful for you, for the work that you put in for our democracy, how you share these videos, how you share the Midas Touch Network, how you talk about these ideas. It's so important that we just get out accurate information. So thank you from the bottom of both of our hearts for all of the work that you do and will continue to do. We'll see you next time on Political Beatdown. Check in the description below. Below, we've got Michael Cohen's Legal Defense Fund um, for all of the various uh, litigation oh. that he's been unfortunately embroiled in based on the conduct of Donald Trump. If you're able to contribute to that, you'll see the description in the YouTube uh, page below. Make sure you subscribe to the Midas Touch Network. Um, if you have only subscribed to the Midas Touch Network but not the audio, podcast of Political Beatdown, make sure you go to Political Beatdown wherever podcasts um, are downloadable and just download, subscribe to Political Beatdown. It really does help with the algorithm there that you're subscribed to both platforms. It takes you like 20 seconds to do. So wherever you listen to audio podcasts, hit subscribe to Political Beatdown. And if you can give a five-star review on whatever device you listen to podcasts. And do the same it, with Maya Culpa. Make sure that you join me on Maya Culpa. We have some great Great episodes coming up with Asha Rangappa, uh, FBI agent, phenomenal. She Yale uh, professor. Really, it's a, it's a, it's a. I have one coming up with Joe Walsh. You cannot miss that one. That one is just spectacular. And make sure that you subscribe. Make sure you rate it. Make sure you review it. Do whatever you need to do because it's also just like political beatdown. It's informative, raw, and it's just nothing but truth. I think you got the one with my friend Joe Trippy coming up also. Um, and that's the one that we're going to be launching on video on the Midas Touch Network on Saturday morning. So if you miss it on the audio podcast feed of Mea Culpa, you can watch the video or watch it both on the audio as well as on the Midas Touch YouTube channel. Um, also, if you can go to store.midastouch.com for the best pro-democracy gear. We've got the official Mea Culpa podcast, Mara Lardo correctional facility shirt and other great Midas Touch gear at store.midastouch.com. And you could also check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Um, and thank you for also supporting, you know, all of our sponsors. And as you mentioned, Lomi is a great device. And so um, we definitely recommend that you check that out. And we have in our description how you could use the link and um, our code to get the uh, Lomi. I think you'll really, really enjoy the product. All right. We'll see you next time on Political Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Cohen. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. <laughs>